Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live.
Amen. Yes, Lord, I, I love you more than anything. I just come to tell you that I worship and I adore you. And, Lord, I love you more than anything. You know, it comes a time that it becomes more than just a talk. Amen. God bring you to a time in your life that you're going to walk this walk. Amen. You ain't going to just talk the talk. Amen. But you're going to have to walk the walk. Amen. A lot of people could say that they love the Lord. Amen. But soon as trouble rises, soon as things be contrary to their way of life, amen, their love seems to fade away because things is not going that way. Sometimes we as an adult act worse than little children that goes into tantrum because we don't want to give them their Bible. If we don't want to let them have their way or go out to play and they throw tantrums to the house. This is the way we as adults act with God at times when we don't have our way and things don't go our way. We, we throw tantrums. We stop coming to church. We stop worshiping. We stop singing. But yet we say we love him more than anything. But that's funny how we allow things to get between us and God. You can't say you love him more than anything if you're going to allow things to get between you and God. You know, it says that many times that there's a message in the music. It's in the, it's in the lyrics. The message is really in the lyrics, not in the music itself. And the lyrics be saying a lot. But some people just be rocking to the beat of the music and saying words that they remember by just being remembering through remembrance and not really paying attention to what they're actually saying. And the psalmist said that I love you, Lord, more than anything. But we allow some things to get between Do I have a witness? If you can't say man, say ouch. It's just it's just those few words will allow us to look at ourselves and say, you know, I got to do better because I've allowed Tom, Dick, Harry, Mary Jane, and Sue to get between me and God. I didn't allow this job, this money, or uh, 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 these sports activities to get between me and God. Anything, that's a wide range of things that, that we're talking about, money, house, cars, land, whatever it may be, that they got between your worship and your love for God more than the things of this world. Just think about it. I'll say amen. Amen. For the attention of those who have a Bible with you today, let us turn to the 150th book of Psalms. Psalms 150. Psalms 150. We begin reading from verse 1. It says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psalter and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with string instruments and organs. 
Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let us all read together verse 6. Let everything that has breath. Let us read it again. Everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. Praise ye. Praise ye the Lord. I believe everybody in here is inhaling and exhaling. God's good air. And so he said that everything that have it, praise him. Praise him. Sometimes we read true scriptures without really understanding what the scripture is actually saying. And it's playing with the nose on your face. If God didn't give you breath, God didn't done anything for you, you need to you need to praise him. We want to speak from the subject this afternoon. God is worthy of the praise. Our Father and our God, we thank you for those that are assembled in your house of worship on today. And, Lord, we pray that even now that they've already been blessed just to be in your presence. But, Father, we ask that you bless them with the word. Bless them with the word, Lord God, that will cause a life-changing experience in their lives in the mighty name of Jesus. That they may look up to you, dear God, and give worship and praise to you for all your mighty acts and all your excellent greatness that you performed in our lives from the rock of our cradle to this very present moment. And, Master, for it all, we'll give your name the praise, the glory, and the honor. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And the church of God says, Amen. Let the church say, Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. God is worthy of all the praise. Amen, somebody. But yet the thing that he's more worthy of, he placed it in the hearts of people to give back to him. And it's so shameful for me to say that we do the less of it to give praise back to God for what God has given to you. God has breathed life into you. The very first thing he gave us was life. Without life, you can't get no house, no car, no husband, no wife. You can't get nothing if you don't have life. And the very first thing he gave to us, he gave us life. And that life was to show the life of men in our hearts. And men may know, people may know that God is still the same God today. And he was yesterday and forevermore. God is not asking any more today than what he was asking from the beginning of time, to praise him. When he created Adam, the Bible says that he made him from the dust of the earth. And he breathed into him and he became a living soul. And from that time forth, God has been looking for the praises of his people. Matter of fact, when Adam fell, the Bible said that God came down walking in the cool of the garden, looking for Adam to give him praise, to give him worship. But Adam was nowhere to be found because he had fell. He has sinned against God. And a lot of times because we do something that's contrary to the will of God, we stop worshiping. We stop praising. We run from the very presence of God. This is what Adam did. That's our first inclination is to run from the presence of God rather than to run to God. And God came looking for him. That's why some of us are here today. That's why some of us make church on Sundays and on, on Bible Sunday nights. Why? Because God is in search for you, baby. And it doesn't matter what you done did, how long you've been doing it, how far wrong you done went, and what people think about you. God is in search for you because he's looking for your worship. Why? Because he's worthy. He's worthy of the praise. Before God pronounced death and judgment upon Adam, he showed him mercy. Because he told him, the day you eat of the fruit of that tree, the dead thou shalt surely die. But when he ate from it, he didn't die. 
His relationship died with God because he had a perfect relationship with God. That died. But he didn't die because God showed him mercy. And everybody in here, even those who have been called to listen to our broadcast today, even to those that are listening in, he didn't show you mercy. Every one of us in here, the Bible says he wakes us up every morning with a brand new, with a brand new mercy, which means we wear God's mercy out each day. There's always something we do that causes us to need God's mercy each and every day. Because without God's mercy, the Bible says we would be consumed. And so every day that you wake up and see another day, you better thank him for his mercy. You better learn how to praise him and thank him. And stop complaining. Because we can always find something to complain about. But I believe that it's much easier for the people of God to find something to praise him and worship him for. Because God is worthy of the praise. In the 113th book of Psalms, verse 3, he says, From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, his name is worthy to be praised. There's not anyone in here or listening in that, that can't say that God hasn't been good to you. Has God been good to you? Huh? Has God been good to you? God and brothers, you hear them old, we used to say awful, but we, some of us have got old now. Say so the Lord has brought us from a mighty long way. They don't go into detail to tell you where all that it came from and what all God delivered them from. But just looking at them and, and, and just listening at the story, knowing anything about life itself, you can use your own imagination and say, God has been good. Everybody in here that has some type of sign of sickness, that dealt with some type of sickness in their life, but God then brought you from it. He delivered you from it, delivered your loved ones from it, healed you, and set you free. That's why we're talking today about God is worthy of the praise. The word worthy comes from the abilities or the qualities that, mean, that, 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 that needs recognition. This is what worthy means. It means to have recognition of the abilities and the qualities that one possesses. And if you look at God, God possesses all the abilities and the qualities that every man needs. Everything we have, God got it. Every need that you have in this life, God has it. And all you have to do is just look. David said, I look to the hill from which come my help. Knowing that my help comes, it comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. Baby, if he's that mighty to create these kind of things, how much more can he do for you and I? If he created a whole heaven and the whole earth, how much more can he do for you and I? David, amen, was a shepherd boy sitting on the, on, on the mountainside, guarding his father's sheep. The sheep wasn't even, wasn't even his. He was out there working and guarding somebody else's sheep. So don't let, don't, don't, don't let things get you down because you're working with somebody else right now. God can turn that heartbeat around in a minute. Amen. You didn't hear about tables being turned and the script being flipped? Well, God can do it. David was on a young boy, the youngest one out of the family, out of seven of them. David was the one who had to watch over his father's sheep, sitting on, on the mountainside. But he wasn't sitting there either. He didn't sit there and complain about why he had to do it, why he had to be out there with the, with the, with the lions and the, and the tigers and the bears to, to guard his father's sheep. He did it. Because he had love for the sheep. He did it because he had respect for his father. And so he went out and did the job without complaining. We got to stop complaining about the job that we have. Some people wish they had the job you had. And we complain that I got to get up and go to work in the morning. We complain about I got to deal with this person on the job when I get there tomorrow. Lord, help us here today. Somebody wish they had somebody to deal with on the job. Thank you, Lord. And while David was there, David used to sing songs to God. This is why the Bible called David the sweet psalmist of Israel, because he made songs while he sit there on the mountain, giving praise and giving worship to God. 
Sometimes in your idle time, sometimes when you're sitting at your desk or at home, you need to start singing some songs to God and let him know how much you love him, how much you appreciate him, and how good he has been to you. Oh, Lord, how much I love you and I worship and I adore you, Lord, for what you've done for me. I might be going through some problems right now, but, Lord, I still love you. Lord, I won't complain, Lord, because I know somewhere, somehow, you're going to bring me to this. You brought me through that, and I know, Lord, you can do this too. David would sing songs to God about all of the things that God had brought him through and how wonderful God had been in his life. Lord, help us here today. When you come in the church service, don't just sing songs because you know the lyrics. Sing it because it has some type of meaning to you, that it means something in your heart. The songwriter say, I sing because I'm happy, and I sing because I'm free. I know his eyes is on the sparrow, and I know. <laughs> yeah, these are some things that you got to know. Yeah, if the preacher got to tell you, then you're in bad shape. If your mom or your daddy got to tell you, you're in some bad shape. You got to know these things for yourself. Thank you, Lord. David would sing songs to God. Amen. To the point that David had gained so much of faith in God, so much of belief in God, that when the soldiers, when Saul and his army was faced with Goliath, this big giant, this big Philistine uh, giant, amen, the soldiers who was, who was well refined in warfare wouldn't go out and fight him. They were fearful of God and faith Goliath. But because David played songs to God and worshiped God, God placed Amen. Something in David's heart. Amen. For God. Knowing that God, Lord, I know you're with me. And I'm going to go out here and fight this Philistine who defies the homies of the living God. And the Bible said David went out there for just a, a slingshot in the rock. That's all he had was a slingshot in the rock. He didn't have no sword. He didn't have no shield. Amen. He had a slingshot in the rock. And he killed that giant. He killed that giant. Why? Because he worshiped. He prays and adores God. All you have to do is just worship God, and you can kill your giant with a worship. You can kill your giant with a praise, because God will work for you. He will do these things for you. He'll open doors that seem to be closed, and he'll close doors that you need open. In the mighty name of Jesus, this is what God will do for you. Lord, help us here. You know, but when God do things for you, God will always come back and ask something from you. Yes, he will. Yeah, if, 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 a, if, if your lady or if your man, amen, want to know how much you love him, if you love me, then you'll do this. If you love me, you'll do that. Well, we're talking about Abraham, amen, the father of the faithful, one who God called out from his father's house and promised to make him a father of many nations, amen, told him that, that he would bless him if, if he leave from his father's house and walk with him, amen. This is how we get blessed. This is how God, amen, uh, 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 put things in your life. This is how God rewards the faithful, amen, when you're willing to walk with him, amen. When you can't see it, you still trust him for it in the name of Jesus. Lord, the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And all Abraham heard was the word that came from God, told him to leave his father's house. And Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a father of many nations. The Bible says Abraham left his father's house and began to walk with God. Amen. Going to a place that he knew not of, but yet because God spoke to him, amen, he began to walk out on faith. Lord, he continued to walk. Amen. And God told him he was going to bless him and bless his seed. But check this out. Check this out. When God told him this, amen, that he was going to bless him, Abraham had a wife, but he didn't have no children. He had a wife and he didn't have no children. Amen. And God told him, I'm going to bless you, Abraham, and I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Lord, Abraham might have mistaken himself, said, how is this going to happen when I don't have no children? I don't have nobody to make a nation of. I only have me and my wife and these few little people that were willing to follow me. Do you realize when you begin to walk with God, trust with God, you'll get people to follow you? You'll get people to go along with you. It's not because you're all that bad. It's not because you look all that good. It's not because of what you have. It's because of faith that you have with God. People would be willing to follow you. Don't let people follow you for something wrong. Let people follow you for something that's positive in your life. So Abraham began to walk with God. And every place that God brought him, God began to continue to, to rehearse the same thing into his heart and into his mind, say, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. 
Abraham was getting older and older, but yet Abraham still didn't have no child. God waited till Abraham got 100 years old, and his wife Sarah was 90, and God blessed him so it would be, wouldn't be no doubt that it was God who did it. Isn't that something how you wait on something for a long time, and once you get it, you gravitate to it, and you hold on to it like, like it's the end of this world. I done got everything I wanted now. I'm going to sit back now and take my ease. But it came a day and a time in Abraham's life after Isaac had lived a few years, had became a teenager that God came back and called Abraham. And Abraham answered God, said, yeah, Lord, here I am. What is it that you need? He said, I want your son. Hmm. The thing he's been waiting on the longest for all his life, the cows and the sheep and the goats, his wife and all the people that was with him didn't mean nothing to him. The only thing that meant so much to him was that promised child, Isaac. It meant everything to him. And now that he got it, he was cherishing it. He was worshiping it. And God came back and asked him to give me Isaac, your only son. He said, I want you to bring him to a mountain. And I want you to sacrifice him to me. What am I saying here? God is not looking for anything from you and I. God is looking for us to give him, give him our best. Sometimes we want to give God. We want to give God what we want to give God. Rather than giving God for what God really asks you for. And so he asked Abraham, give me your only son. And I want you to bring him to Mount Moriah. And I want you to sacrifice him there to me. The Bible said early the next morning. He didn't waste no time. Get my handkerchief back. He didn't waste no time. The Bible said early the next morning, Abraham got up. Amen. He didn't tell Sarah. He didn't tell nobody. The Bible said that, that he got, he got his, two of his, his servants and told him to sell ass. Come with me in the land. We're going yonder to worship. <laughs> Isn't that something? God told us to bring the lad for sacrifice, but he told the people we were going yonder for the going worship. So what is it saying to me? It's saying that when I come to the service, amen, I come to sacrifice. I come to give God my best. Amen. doesn't matter if my mascara run down my face. doesn't matter if my eyelashes fall off my eyes. Amen. It doesn't matter if I wrinkle my pretty dress or wrinkle up my suit. I come before God to give him worship. Lord, help us here today. He told the two people, he said, look, you stay here and watch the ass while me and the lad go yonder and worship. Sometimes you can't take certain people with you if you really want to go and worship. There's times that you bring certain people with you, they stop you from hearing what God has to say. Some people will stop you to get up and say, girl, don't take all that. Girl, sit down. You're making a fool out of yourself. But we worshiping God and not people. He said, we, me and the lad are going yonder to worship. He didn't tell him where he was going. He said, we're just going yonder. And we're going worship. And he took his son Isaac and brought him up Mount Moriah to sacrifice Isaac there before the Lord. Isaac said, Lord, he said, he said Father, we have, we have the wood and we, we have the fire. He said, but where is the sacrifice? His father told him, said, son, don't worry. The Lord going to provide. God will provide. Sometimes we worry about the wrong thing rather than trusting in God. We worry about how the rent going to be paid if I pay my tithe. We worry about how this is going to happen if, 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 I, if I burn my gas to go to church. How am I going to work the next morning? You're worrying about the wrong thing. Just go yonder and worship. If you worship with a true heart, amen, and worship in, in the right frame of mind and with the right spirit, God will. God will provide. I'm not talking at the top of my head. I'm talking about what I know. I remember walking to work. The same path in the car so I can, I can go to church and worship. So I can go to Bible study and learn the word of God. I remember when I used to have to walk and had, and had four or five children in the house. 
Amen, somebody. And I, I didn't ask nobody for anything, but I went down to the altar and I prayed before God and said, Lord, if your word really works, then me and my family need food now, and I want you to feed me. And I kept going before God and I kept worshiping. And every time I went to worship service, I came out of church. Somebody put some money in my hand, nephew. Just enough to buy food to put in the house. God was proving to me who he was. You got to trust God so he can prove to you who he is. Each night we went for worship. Each day I walked to work. Walked back home from Monroe Street to the project. Walk so we can have gas to go to church because I know me and my family needed to go and worship. We needed to go before God because nobody else could help it. It was nobody but God. I didn't ask the pastor. I didn't ask my mama, my, my mother. I didn't want to ask anybody. I went to God. And I worship. I had him in my heart because I had to know that God was really real. And God proved himself to me. So when you go to worship with the right spirit and with the right intentions in your heart, God would open doors for you and prove himself to you. Abraham went upon the mountain and told his son, God, God going to provide. He laid Isaac upon the wood, set the wood on fire, took the knife and was about to come down and kill his son Isaac. And right at the time he was beginning to sacrifice Isaac, a voice came from heaven to Abraham. And he knew that voice. Sometimes we say, oh, something told me. Something told me to do this. Oh, something told me, don't do that. Something told me. You have to know the voice of God. You have to know when God is talking to you. When he heard that voice, he knew it was God. He said, yes, Lord. That servant here speak. He said, lay not your hand upon your son Isaac. He said, for in doing this thing here, he said, I know you love me. See, people can talk love. God is looking for us to show love. He said, in doing this thing here, he said, Abraham, I know that thou love me. He said, above all the stars, if you can count the stars, of the sky and the, and, the, and the sand upon the seashore. This is how multiple I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to bless your seed. Because you didn't withheld your only son. Something we are withholding from God. God got your blessing right there in his hand. And because you withhold something from God, God is withholding your blessing from you. Do you realize God knows everything about you? There's nothing about you that God don't know. He said, even the darkest night is like a noonday unto him. So you can't hide from him. He said, I even know your thoughts from afar. What you thinking right now, God knew what you were going to think before you even thought it. That's how wonderful God is. So why is it that we hold back from God the very thing that he already knew about you? And he told him, said, because you did not withhold your son. Don't withhold it. It ain't nothing you can tell God that he haven't heard before. Ain't nothing you did that he haven't saw before. So go before God and say, Lord, I'm not holding this from you. You already know me. You know my faults and my failures. You know my uprising and my downsetting. God made Abraham the father of the faithful. If you look in the book, the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, you'll find him there. Talking about all of those who walked in faith. I wonder one day if they're going to find your name written in the book of life, saying that you kept the faith. Amen. You stayed on course. Amen. And you trusted and you believed in God. Once again, the children of Israel, after God then blessed them. I'm a hurry. I'm a hurry. I know, I know we all got somewhere to go. Amen. But I get excited. I get excited when I begin to look at God's word about what he did because somebody was willing to worship him and praise him. Amen. Maybe, maybe next service. Maybe the next service you'll be in, amen, you'll get up off your seat of do nothing and just raise your hand and just begin to worship and praise him and give thanks to him. Even if you don't say nothing, say it in your heart. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I love you. And I bless your name today, Lord. I went to sleep last night and you woke me up. Whatever it is, give him thanks. Give him thanks. The Bible says all things. Give God thanks. Amen. Give God thanks. After God then blessed them, made them, made them a nation, a people, that all those nations that, that lived around them had feared them and respected them, they turned their back on God. Lord, how can you, how can you receive all of God's blessings 
and turn your back on God. Lord, help me. God, God got angry because God is a jealous God. God allowed them to go into servitude. The Babylonians came to town, destroyed Jerusalem, tore down the walls, took their wives and children, and made them servants. God told you, say, look, I wish you to be above and not beneath. Wish you to be the head and not the tail. They became servants. You didn't want what God gave you? God said, okay, I'll take it away and give it to somebody else. Hmm. Yeah. Men of servants. The Bible said there was a man called Nehemiah. Nehemiah had a heart not only for God but for people. You can't say you love God and not love people. You can't hold people in your heart and say you love God. Whatever it is that's going on between you and people, let it go. That's a sacrifice. Bring it to the altar. Place it in the prayer box and say, Lord, free my heart from these people. Nehemiah had a heart for God. That gave him a heart for the people. The Bible said that when the word came back to Nehemiah that, that the people of God had fell in battle. And that they were taken down to Babylon to become servants. The Bible said that Nehemiah's heart broke and he began to weep for the people. And he went down into prayer. I wonder who you prayed for today. Did you just pray for yourself or did you pray for somebody else that's standing in the need of prayer? He went down to prayer because his heart was for the people. And the Bible said that Nehemiah went to God and said, Lord, the people is in, is in destitute. They're destitute. They're down in Babylon and they become servants. Lord, if you just fix me, amen, if you just fix the hearts of the people, that, that would give me favor so I can go down there and rebuild Jerusalem, rebuild the walls. Our family, somebody in our family needs to be rebuilt, needs to be brought back up. Lord, help us. They got so much stuff going on in family. And we come to church and we kiss on everybody else and love on everybody else, but we can't even love our own family. Woo! I don't know who this for, Lord. I don't know what's going on in here today. We can't even love on our own family. But we can love other people. We can share our money and our time and everything else with somebody else, but we can't love our own family. Nehemiah had love for his family. And I know in everybody's family, you got some kind of discourse. So sometimes somebody had to do something or say something contrary about Nehemiah. But Nehemiah didn't allow that to bother him. He said, Lord, let me go down there and let me find favor with the king. The Bible said that God, that, that the king gave Nehemiah a letter. Gave him money and gave him a letter. Say, go down there, whatever you need, to build Jerusalem back up in the walls. Tell him I said to give it to you. That's the kind of favor God will give you if you praise ye the Lord. <laughs> if you praise him. You didn't heard the, the old church proverb, when praise go up, blessing come down. And at some point in time, some people thought that it was songs, or you're clapping your hand or stomping your feet. It's not anything to do with song. That's worship. He said, when praise go up, Praise is the thing that you say to the ability of a person what they can do. Nehemiah went down there. And the Bible said that he got just a few people together. You don't need a packed church. You don't need a whole packed church. Just a few people that's willing to work for God. That's willing to praise him and, and, and lift him up. You can make a difference in your community. Make a difference in the church. You heard the announcement how we go out to the nursing home every first and fourth Saturday. We have men meeting and try to build men up to teach them how to be men in the community. Teach them how to be husbands to their wives. How to be fathers to their children. We failed y'all as men. Because we did it how we saw somebody else do it. Rather than doing it how God told us to do it. And we fail just because we got on pants and we bring home a check. We won't say we're the man of the house and you don't even know how to be. <laughs> don't know how to be a man. Nehemiah went down and he got just a few people together. And he shared with them what God told him. And he went along with Nehemiah. And the Bible said that they began to build the walls. 
they began to build the wall. And each day they went out to build, people came out to ridicule them, to talk about them, to try and stop them from building. Anytime you find somebody ridiculing you, you must be doing something right to disturb the devil. Because people will try and ridicule you and try and stop you from worshiping God because they are convicted. People who are convicted can't stay in worship. That's why when you praise God, the devil got to leave. When you get praise and worship to God, the devil got to leave. The Bible says that if you submit yourself unto God, resist the devil and he'll flee. So you got to first submit yourself to God. You can't be talking about get the devil out your house and you rebuke him and all this if you're not giving yourself to God. He ain't going nowhere. But when you bring God into the equation, he got to go. The Bible said that Nehemiah kept working, kept building the walls. Till the people got to the point that they wanted to attack them. They wanted to try and stop them from building. But look at the strategy Nehemiah used. You know what Nehemiah did? Nehemiah went and got all the people who was willing to work, and he put them up on the wall. The Bible said, well, the sword in one hand and the work in the other hand, and he put them there a passive. Because one thing a man will do, brother, yes, one thing a man will do, he will fight for his family. If you're going to fight for nobody else, you're going to fight for your mother. You're going to fight for your family. And so he put them up on the wall of my family. He gave some a trumpet that when you see the enemy come, blow a trumpet. And the ones who had the sword will put down the work and begin to fight. When you're willing to put down the plan and the game and begin to fight for your family. My little niece said she don't fight like she used to fight when she was coming up. She used to fight all the time. She said, she said, she said Papa, I fight on my knees now. I don't have to worry about the people who are coming against me. See, I get down on my knees and I fight on my knees now. And this is how we got to begin to fight. Fight the enemies on your knees. Fight them with your praise and with your worship. And God will fight for you. He will fight for you if you begin to learn how to praise him. And he said, let everything that had breath, everything that had breath, praise the Lord. Because God is worthy of your praise. I say he's worthy today, church. Is he worth his praise? Has he done anything for you? Has he brought you from a long way? Has, has he kept you? You're still here. You walk on your own. You're talking. Nobody has to feed you. Nobody has to bend you. This is how good God has been to us. And sometimes we look at, I don't know what picture we look at, but you hear people say you need to look at the bigger picture. How you kept you from the rock of your cradle to this very present moment. The mind you have, God gave you. So don't get the big head that you can do something what other people can't do. Don't get the big head that you got the type of job that somebody else don't have. You making this kind of money and that kind of money. Don't get the big head because whatever you got, it was nobody but God that gave it to you. And I'm reminded in the book of Job, he said, the Lord give it. And the Lord he can take it away. Why? Because it all belongs to God. And we go right back to the last verse of this book. Let everything that have breath, let the rich praise him, let the poor praise him, let the whites and the blacks, let he that is free and he that is not free, let everything that have breath. Praise the Lord. Come on, give God some praise. God is worthy to be praised. God is worthy to be praised. I'm praising him. I'm waiting on my son to preach his first message. Michael, your nephew, your cousin, you're going to preach. We're still waiting on him. We're still waiting on him. We're going to send a message and we're going to send an announcement out to everybody in the world. Michael is preaching today. He said that he gave his word, he's going to keep his word, and I'm waiting on him. I know him. And if he didn't say that, he's going to do it. Why? Because God wants to use everybody. We talk about all the different instruments in this chapter. 
the cymbals, the loud sounding cymbals, the organs, the sulfur and the hawks, all of these different things we talked about. God used everything, and he'll use anybody that's willing to give him praise, that's willing to give him worship. I pray that's something that we say today that has been a blessing unto you. I pray that something has caused the tension in your mind. Give yourself to God. Don't just come to say you came to church. My prayer to God is that everybody who comes leave out with something that they didn't have when they walked in. If it was just a, a song, one lyric in the song, whether it was just one passage that we read or somebody prayed, or either the sacrifice you gave in the offering, leave out here with something. Don't just come and say you came. The song they had a song say, "I'm not the same anymore. I'm not the same anymore. Since Jesus came into my life, I'm not the same." You remember that song? You used to sing it. You used to sing it in the choir. Cause I learned it in the choir. <laughs> Let us stand as we about to be dismissed. We thank God for your presence. Thank God for your patience and your time.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.